Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Farrell, and I'm here with today's guest, Paul Peebles. Hi, Paul. Hey, Joe. Really excited to speak with Paul, and I know you, know, you Best Ever listeners are going to get a lot out of this. Uh, he is an experienced and seasoned uh, lender and underwriter. Uh, he has closed on over 4,000 real estate loans over the course of his career, in the last 12 months alone, he's closed on over $250 million. He has 25, over 25 years experience, 28 to be exact, financing for borrowers and institutional clients. And he primarily focuses on apartments. 85% of his lending is with apartments. So with that being said, Paul, can you give a little bit more background on your experience? Uh, just like Joe said, I've been in lending for 28 years, worked for some of the largest institutions in the, in the United States, so pick up a lot of good information on how to structure uh, transactions. Uh, been with Old Capital as an underwriter for about 10 years, and just like Joe said, uh, we closed about 4,000 real estate loans, the majority being uh, apartments, and specifically B and C apartment complexes. A lot throughout the United States, but we are based out of Dallas and Fort Worth. Uh, we have three offices here, and we really focus on the B and C properties, and we, we probably do one out of every three uh, B and C property loans in uh, in Dallas-Fort Worth to Austin-San Antonio. So we're, we're pretty active in that marketplace. And you mentioned you know how to structure the transactions. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? So when you're when you're buying an, an apartment complex, and uh, if you really have no experience, uh, you're gonna almost have to earn your experience or get you know to get a, a chip at the table, so to speak. You got to put some uh, more money into the transaction. So first, we like to take a look is you know the bank is your partner, and you know you're gonna put down 25 or 30 percent, and the bank is gonna bring in 70 or 75 percent. So structuring the transaction with the bank is probably the most important thing. And that would probably be your, your first relationship that you want to pursue even before you look at uh, the inventory that's out there is build a, a relationship with uh, either a, a banker, a mortgage uh, banker, uh, somebody that specifically works in that field. There's a lot of banks out there, uh, whether they're community banks or even national uh, banks that say that they can do apartment lending. But when you really come down to it, they can't. Uh, you know, I use, use the example. There's, there's like 1,600 banks in the state of Texas. You know, half of them are different parts of the of the area than Dallas, as an example. So out of the 800 that say are in Dallas, uh, only probably about uh, two or 300 actually will do real estate lending. And out of the, the two or 300 that will do real estate lending, not all of them want to do Class B and C property types. 
So when you kind of narrow that down, it could be 10 or 12 different banks. And the, the challenge really is is to find the 10 or 12 banks that are looking to do kind of value-added or even stabilized lending on your property. So that's that's what you need to kind of build a relationship around of what they actually can do. You don't want to find a lender that all of a sudden says, you know, uh, I don't think we do that type of lo- loans because, you know, we, don't, we hate the yes, 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 no problem, we can do it, then all of a sudden you go to credit committee and then someone says, uh, has anybody looked at this area or this property? And someone says, nope, and then all of a sudden you start from, from square one, that could be three or four weeks out. So build, as part of your team, build a relationship with your lender almost from the beginning before you even find a piece of property. And I imagine a lot of investors don't take that approach where they speak to the financing institution first uh, or the, the the person who can connect them with the financing institution first. Uh, they typically go straight to find the property. Once they have the property, then it's, okay, now it's time for me to get serious about financing. Do you find that? Yeah, that happens all the time, but, uh, you know, the second time they're, they always contact us making sure that we're on board before they uh, even find the property because two-thirds of a lending decision is really based on the, the property, the collateral itself. I mean, we kind of look at it uh, through the rearview mirror. How's the property performed? Where's it located at? What's the tenant base? What's the demographics? Is it all bills paid? Is it individually metered? Is it flat roof? It's pitch roof. You know, tell me a little bit more about what you're going to do after you buy the property. Is there a rehab budget you're going to put together on the deal? Tell me a little bit about what your pro forma looks like. Give me a monthly pro forma. Just don't give me a consolidated pro forma. One-third of the lending decision is based on you. So I want to see your personal financial statement. You know, The biggest thing that I want to see in the personal financial statement is liquidity, not just equity you have in other properties, but what do you have for cash, You know, that's you know, stocks, bonds, or cash. Something that uh, if you needed to get to it in three or four days, you could get to it. Not you know 401ks or IRAs or annuities that uh, you get taxed upon. That's really not what we view as liquidity. Uh, you know, that's good for, towards your net worth, but that doesn't really uh, help me too much. So two thirds of the lending decisions based on the property and what you are going to do with the property and what the history of the property is. Uh, one-third is really based on you. So we really want to take a look at and drill down on you, what your credit looks like. Uh, that's important. Uh, I really, you know, I like your tax returns. You know, I've done loans with people that have no income or don't have a job. And so liquidity uh, with us uh, cures a lot of sins. If they don't have a job, then is it does that purely – uh, go back to the liquidity aspect where they have a lot of cash in the bank? It does. And and what they typically do is they may have somebody else within their group that has a job. So we do a lot of syndicated transactions where, let's say, the managing member who kind of puts the whole game plan together, you know, finds the property, talks with the, the listing agent, uh, you know, goes to the property, gets going under contract. They may have some money to put into the deal, but they may also be looking for other partners, and some of those other partners uh, that are going to put money into the deal, we might probably take a look at their financial statements too. So we may pull on other people to become guarantors into the transaction, but you as a managing member don't necessarily have to have a job, but uh, if you have, you know, we, we do want to see the liquidity in the transaction. We closed a, uh, a transaction down in Austin in the last year or so where the managing member had you know, probably $150,000, $200,000, and they put it into the transaction. He raised another 
don't know, four, uh, three quarters of a million dollars from other people. He signed on the note, and he had two other people sign on the note, uh, and we closed, and we did a 30-year amortization loan with a, a five-year term with a rate under 4%. So, you, you know, you don't get hit. It's, it's different from residential lending, where if you don't have a job or you have too many home loans that you can get penalized. We look at these these transactions on you know one off. Is that uh, we look at the strength of every transaction and see you know what the positives and negatives are. And, and liquidity does cure a lot of problems. How what percentage of liquidity do you need to have based on the purchase price or whatever the factor is? So if you have no experience, let's let's kind of use that as an example. And, and again, uh, you know, build a relationship with your banker. He can kind of go through it with you too. If you have no, and these are just general guidelines and general terms. If you have, uh, uh, if you're going to buy a property and you have no experience, and I'm talking about a multifamily property, let's make our math pretty easily easy here. So if you, you buy a property, let's say it's nine hundred thousand dollars, and you're going to put a hundred thousand dollars worth of rehab, your all-in price is a million bucks. Pretty straightforward. So uh, what you're looking to do is have the lender hold back money for you, including the loan, for your rehab. So you don't have to come up with out of your, out of your pocket with $100,000, but we include it into, into the loan. So with a million dollars, we typically are going to look for, if you don't have experience, anywhere from 25 to 30% down. So $250,000 you know, for the down payment. In fact, let's make it $300,000. My math works even, even easier with that. So if we put $300,000 down, I mean, that's the cash you're going to need to put into the transaction itself. I'm going to need. I'll, I'll do a loan for seven hundred thousand dollars, and then I want to see what's called post-equity liquidity. Post-equity liquidity, and really what that is is that uh, is how much money do you have left over for a rainy day? You know what happens if uh, you have an insurance claim that the insurance claim doesn't get paid, or you you do rehab to the property and the and the rehab doesn't take. You know you can't fill the building up as as high as you wanted to do. Lenders are going to turn to you, their partner. You know, you're the operating partner. You're the managing member. You're the person that has the relationship with the bank, and you're you know the, you're the boots on the ground. They're going to turn to them to make sure that they continue to feed this property. You know, the bank doesn't want to write the checks out. We want you to write the checks out in case this property has a little bit of a, a you know, uh, go sideways. So liquidity is a, is a big thing. So. We typically like to see anywhere from 25 or 30 percent of the loan amount in liquidity, and again, that can be in your name or uh, in your partner's name, and it just has to be in stocks, bonds, or cash. It cannot be in 401ks. It's something that you can get to if you needed to, you know, write a check to pay for, you know, a parking lot or a chiller system that that's gone down, and you know, it's 50, you know, you know 75 uh, degrees outside, and people need uh, air conditioning. So they want to be able to, to turn to you that has liquidity to see in your per- personal financial statement, uh, you know, that you can continue to keep this property uh, going. So it may be just a te- maybe a temporary deal, but they want to see it. So 25 or 30% down, 30% loan amount in, in the liquidity piece. Paul, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing advice, uh, you know, one step at a time. Uh, build your relationship with the lender first. Find somebody that actually has, has done these type of loans in the past that uh, uh, that can walk you through 
the transaction, what it looks like. You, know, you can kind of lay it out in your mind, what you need to do to get there from here. A lot of people that have, have never done apartment lending may go to the local bank uh, and feel like uh, they're knowledgeable, but uh, you really want to find an expert at this because, uh, you know, Investing is based on cash flow, and if you are only able to get a, a 15 or 20-year amortized loan instead of a 25 or 30-year amortized loan, uh, you're not, you know, you'll be paying down the mortgage quick and reducing the bank's risk, but you're not going to be putting money into your own pocket. So, find an expert uh, that can that can lead you uh, so much to the promised land of uh, financial freedom. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Uh, go ahead. Best ever book you've read? Uh, best ever book I've read. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I guess I'm a nerd. I, I read uh, underwriting guidelines and. Uh, oh my. Uh, yeah, that that. Uh, if I read other entertaining books, they, they they don't make any sense. I'm not a value to my clients, so I under I read on how transactions get closed on larger transactions, and I'm always fascinated about how structure is done to put these, you know, five million dollar or ten million dollar deals or even half million dollar deals put together. So, uh, you know, it's not a book; it's it's underwriting guidelines. That's what I spend my time looking at. Where do you find that? content to read can other people access it uh unfortunately on commercial lending it is um it's tribal knowledge it's not like residential lending where you can talk with you know there's 50,000 loan officers probably within you know 50 miles from of your house uh, commercial lending is done there's no books or or things you may go to the library and find something you go online and find maybe some youtubes things like that but the people who are actually into the into it and, and do it on a daily basis, those are your best sources. And so, uh, you know, go online, try to find people uh, that are actually, they're doing these type of transactions and just pick their brain. They're more than happy to share that information with you. So you, they, they don't know if you're a, if you're going to buy, you know, a 10 unit building or you're going to buy, you know, a year from now, a 100 unit building or even a 200 unit building. So they're going to, you know, it's like what well, we try to treat everybody the same way because we just don't know who's going to go you know, from X to X plus 10. So find find a knowledgeable financing person to be on your team. Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it. So I come out of the banks and, you know, I can't tell you I keep my desk clean uh, but because uh, I have files and files and files of stuff on there. But uh, uh, one of the things that uh, I think it was probably in 1989 or so, I was an analyst and I had a bunch of stuff on my desk and someone, I was up for a trip to Austria because uh, we had done so well and I had stuff all over my desk. I left it overnight and somebody that uh, uh, thought I didn't deserve the trip took a, a photograph of how messy my desk was, showed it to one of my bosses <laughs> and I wasn't able to get that trip. Uh, and that taught me to keep an organized desk and organized <laughs> so that was that was uh, that was a five thousand dollar trip at that period of time that I blew because I had a messy desk. Oh and, my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that uh, that was a great professional uh, advice. Uh, yeah, yeah, keep everything organized. Best ever success habit you practice? Not only do I underwrite files, um, but I'm also an investor too. 
So I'm always learning from people. Uh, you know, in, in the profession that I've chosen, there's a lot of people that are smarter than I am, and uh, I'm good at what I do, which is a niche of you know financing BNC properties. But you know, I don't know anything. I don't know a lot about management of you know, operations and properties. So I spend a lot of time with people who actually manage the tenant base and find out what's going on uh, on properties. I talk with uh, those people about what the amenities are that that we should be having on our apartments from other competing properties. When people walk in and say, "Hey, listen, I've looked at two other apartment buildings. They had this, and you guys don't have this. And uh, you know, if you guys had this, maybe I would rent from you." And so, it, you know, it's a it's a very competitive industry. So you, I always want to learn what other property owners and groups are doing. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing. How I uh, have expanded our business, uh, at least my business, is is really understanding what other properties are doing and then building the relationships with those people. Best ever deal you've done or a client you've worked with and their deal that they've done. You know, I've done the. You know, I worked for Capital Markets Group out of New York. Uh, you know, the one that had the bull in front of uh, uh, Merrill Lynch. And oh so sure. I've done it's right down the street from me. Million, yeah, I've done seventy-five million dollar deals, and I've done five hundred thousand dollar deals. And the smaller transactions are a lot more complicated than the the bigger ones. But uh, how I view it is every morning. I have a bunch of puzzle pieces like your kids have, and I shake that box up, and the puzzle pieces, you know, fall to the table, and I got to put the puzzle together every morning on how to get this structure put together correctly, to close on time and make the client happy, and and so we can do another transaction down the road. So you know, the smaller transactions are a lot more tricky. Than the larger ones, because you know, larger ones have probably a level of experience that's greater than the smaller ones. But I find the, the larger ones to be more challenging mentally for me. So I spend a lot more time doing that, and you know, uh, which means probably I have more puzzle pieces that I got to look at every day and, and, and kind of figure out how which one goes into which. And so that to me is probably the biggest thing that I find uh, professionally the most uh, uh, rewarding. Best ever quote? Uh, I think uh, <laughs> blue-collar comedy, just you know, get her done. You know, we can give a bunch of excuses about why we can't get loans or get these transactions to be completed, but uh, uh, you've just got to, to, to do it. And, uh, you know, I think why we have a good reputation in, in the market that we're in is that we can get it done and people call us, whether it is listing agents that have these apartments, they want to get our, get our initial review on how this deal is going to be financed for a borrower that comes in from, you know, California or somebody that's coming in from New York that wants to buy a property in Texas or somebody that wants to buy a property in Arkansas or uh, uh, Oklahoma or even, you know, uh, uh, Arizona, is that they, they want to know what our professional guidance is and how to put it together because, you know, they may only have two or three or four listings and they treat these, these properties as, as little dubs, little new pretty dubs, and they don't want to have somebody come in that doesn't know what the heck they're talking about to try to finance these deals and crush it. So we spend time up front making sure that we can get these deals financed. And so when they do have a client that comes in, you know, they will refer to us because they know that we can get it 
done. So get her done. I think that's the best uh, best quote. Paul, what's the best ever place to reach you? Uh, oldcapitallending.com. That's on the web, oldcapitallending.com. And we've come up with our own podcast, similar to Joe's, and uh, that's going to be on the web too. It'll be on I, it's on iTunes. It's more really uh, we talk to people that are, are borrowers, and we talk a little bit about what their experience is, similar to – to uh, you know, you just sit down having a conversation with somebody that may have 400 units, or someone that may have 100 units, or somebody that's having you know 1,000 units, and we kind of have that just that general conversation how they structure the deal, and I think that's invaluable for people who have never done an apartment transaction to get as much knowledge uh, as as possible in listening to podcasts like Joe's that has multiple vendors on there that people can listen to and how it's structured, I think that is invaluable. So oldcaplending.com. That's great. And definitely check out Paul's podcast. They're sitting down with uh, apartment experts and investors and the amount of information. If you're interested in multifamily investing, uh, the amount of information that they have with those interviews is just invaluable, not to mention the potential contacts that you can make by reaching out to Paul and speaking to him about the interviews, because uh, I'm sure he'd be happy to speak with you about that, um, and you know, what you're looking to do. So definitely check that out. Paul, Sounds great. Paul, thanks so much for joining us, and um, really appreciate your time. Definitely uh have a lot of good information in this conversation. Love how you simply broke it down with the two-thirds and one-third about the lending decisions, two-thirds based on the property, one-third based on you, uh, and then underneath that would be the liquidity and how much liquidity liquidity you need both from a uh, down payment standpoint but then also from a post uh, equity liquidity liquidity standpoint. So thanks a lot. And um, is there anything that we didn't talk about on this call that you wanted to mention? No, that's it, Joe. We appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, Paul. Bye. Thanks. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.